0: Um, the advice would basically be uh, the opposite of the mistake that, I, you know, you, I did this. You know, you've you got to get the strategy right. Just be very honest with your skills and with your knowledge and the industry that you're very passionate about. And you got to get it right. You've got to get all the components um, organized well. And it's okay if you have a few components that are not really fitting in well, but the major ones, you've got to get them right. And if you're not, don't move forward into execution too too early because you'll be stuck with something that's very hard to be changed later on.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups and uh, seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where I helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great guest on the podcast, Boris Krastov. Or Krastov and uh, Boris was uh, originally uh, from uh, Bulgaria and uh, went to study in uh, Denmark at about uh, age of 18. Uh, studied uh, sales and marketing and also uh, quantitative mathematics. Um, also uh, tried a startup to, to bring people from uh, Bulgaria to Denmark. Um, and then uh, from that startup, moved over to another one. Um, took about uh, three years to, uh, or to close the, the first uh, company with that startup. Um, and then raised uh, some money for uh, from a big uh, media company, um, has been seeing growth for the past three years, uh, more recently uh, moved to Chicago, um, and has been con- continuing his journey from there. So with that, much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Boris. Hi, Devin. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, great to be here. Absolutely. Excited to have you on. So, so I took a much longer journey and condensed it into the 32nd version of it. So why don't, uh, why don't we unpack that a bit? So uh, sure. tell us a little bit about uh, how your journey got, uh, got started uh, in uh, Bulgaria.
0: Sure. Um, yeah. So um, it was very condensed. So we'll try to bring in more details so so people can hear more because I do believe I have quite a unique story that's uh, that, that could be interesting. So. Um, I grew up in Bulgaria, um, and I studied in high school in Bulgaria, um, and at the age of uh, 18. Um, so my background is not very traditional for people in tech, and I, this, I believe, what, what makes it unique. Because um, I come from <laughs> surprisingly agricultural background, so by the age of 18, 19, uh, first before going to Denmark, um, actually, I went to the u k where I worked on the fields of picking up strawberries because I needed money to study at university in Denmark. Mm. So for about three months, I worked, uh, I worked there and um, and it was very interesting experience. And um, actually, I do believe these because I'll share more details about my background, and I do believe these uh, experiences in non-tech um, sectors, Actually shaped me to be a much better founder in tech because it brings a totally different uh, look at how things should be done um and picks up uh, practices from established industries that I do believe are helping in organizing processes and structure and working with people in a disciplined approach um so yeah. Um, I was in the u k for two years uh, for two months, two to three months, and then I moved to Denmark where I studied sales, marketing and management, and then I studied uh, quantitative finance. I've always been very, very keen on doing business, and it was only because I needed capital um that I didn't start earlier, but um, that was my intention um to be always an entrepreneur. I never had the ambition to work. In a company um, for somebody else, like working a corporation with my education. Um, that I always, it was the back of my mind that I want to do a business. Mm. Quite frankly, I studied uh, because at the beginning I, I studied because I thought it was a good opportunity to build up skills. Um, and um, I worked, um, you know, different jobs. I probably worked in. I always like to say that I've worked in most industries above, uh, besides uh, restaurants and uh, doing uh, these uh, odd jobs in restaurants. But I worked as a student uh, pretty much in anything else. Um, so I have a ton of non-tech experience. Um, but the good thing is while I was studying in Denmark, um, I managed to save about $30,000 uh, from these odd jobs that I actually used the capital to on, um my full-time entrepreneurship journey in 2017 so from around 2011 uh, to 2017 I was working studying and working got jobs and only 2014 I was looking into it um, actually tourism so Bulgaria has many beautiful places. And I had a partner um, whose mom was running several hotels in in Bulgaria. So she offered discounts, you know, if we bring uh, tourists from Denmark to Bulgaria. Um, And especially because Denmark doesn't have any mountains, uh, we felt like it would be appealing uh, offering to people in Denmark to explore the beautiful mountains in Bulgaria. Um, It was a very interesting experience because I learned how much I actually know um, and uh, I learned that even though I studied very good university top 100 in the world I was very theoretical not really practical so I realized how much I have to work on myself in order to make it through with the business and um, essentially while studying and doing this part-time business for about a year and a half I learned how what it takes actually to build a or like get started with the business that it's significantly harder than it looks. Mm. And you need a good partner, um, which is essential if you wanna uh make it true. And like small things like don't register a company until you get your first customers. (laughs) Because with the tourist business as a 22 years old, 23 years old, I thought the first thing is to go and open your company and this is what it means to be an entrepreneur. Um, Very quickly I realized that this is strong, uh, obviously, and it, it's associated with unnecessary costs. Mm-hmm. Also the funding structure, I figured it's gonna play a big, big, big role uh, in, in building a company. I had a partner where we had a 50-50 split, but basically I was doing all the work and he wasn't contributing with anything apart from having his mom offering us discounts uh, for the hotels. So it, it was obvious it's not gonna work out. And I also figured Wait, you cannot do it part time. You're gonna you're gonna go all in uh, in in that journey if you wanna be successful. So interesting experience. Um, back then, I had the option to study abroad, maybe going to the US in exchange program. But I felt like putting in, let's say, five ten thousand would be better uh, in to do it a business, so you can get a first hand experience um, uh, of what it means to be an entrepreneur. So by the time of 2017, I had an offer at university to stay and do a PhD there because I was doing well academically. Um, I published a few articles, uh, research articles as a student at university and, but I was pretty much done. So by the end of 2015, I was really, really eager to start doing business and being an entrepreneur. Mm. And because of my experience with the tourist industry, I decided that I would like to focus on tech because I saw. So how much more scalable it is. And, uh, and um, just there's just more opportunities in being in tech. And I liked uh, some areas in tech that would not match my skills.
1: Um, so but- by 2017, 2017- so let me ask this one question before you get to the, the the more recent business. So you started out doing the tourist business. You learned a lot. Um, had yeah. the partner didn't necessarily you know work out perfectly, but you know I think that's part of that uh, journey. Sure. But you know uh, you know kind of was there a tipping point or how did you kind of figure out? Because you said you know hey can't do this part time. Figured out you know figured out when we should have formed the business and how to pick a partner and a lot of those. But was there kind of a tipping point to say? hey, this business isn't going anywhere or I need to move on or go to a different direction or kind of how did you figure out when to, to phase out that part of your journey and move on to the next part?
0: So we had about a year and a half where I was doing um, the university. I was working part-time. I paid jobs, uh, all jobs to get to get some money in the bank account and also doing the, the, tourism, um, the tourism business. And um, so it was quite challenging to get it started i felt like this at the beginning because in denmark because of the crisis in 2008 2009 a lot of agencies that were operating as tourist agents they had taken money from customers but because of the sudden issues in the financial markets actually they went under with the money that was spent on touristic um, packages for tourists Mm. and in denmark they set up this a fund um, that you need to register. It was actually operating, still is operating, kind of as an insurance firm, and it, it was a quite tough to get registered because they were asking for hundred thousand dollars initial payment to register in the fund to give you a license to be part of the agency. There were workarounds legally that I went around it, and I managed to get us registered. But by the time it took us about a year and doing part-time work together to get us registered in that fund, was starting to look for customers and setting up the website and the offering and so on. So we, we planned a year ahead that will focus on February 2016, um, I believe, or maybe 2015, because you need to organize groups of people to go in February. And it was obvious that we only had a few customers and I didn't see that much activity from my um, partner. And um, and I asked him for very simple things to get done and he didn't do them. And I was like, I, I don't wanna um, do this journey if it's gonna have eco equity. And back in the time, I didn't really have the necessary skills to renegotiate. and. I felt like I didn't want to be stuck in in a business with a partner that we're not having equal contribution. Um, so that was the tipping point. And also because I realized actually that I'm, I need to improve my skills a lot and also um, uh, be full-time on it. And I was still having about a year and a year and a half of studies and I didn't want to drop out uh, because I wanted to finish and then focus full-time. Because I knew once you get out of university, it's really hard to come back. And I'm I'm the type of person who is a process person, so everything with me is a process. So I felt like I need to finish that process before jumping on a new process. So yeah.
1: No it makes makes perfect sense, and uh, it sounds yeah. like it was a a good uh, or or learned a lot as you or figured out yeah. how to kind of transition to yeah. that. So. So now you you make that exit, you kind of finish the the studies, you say, okay, coming uh, out of uh, studies full-time, going to jump into a new endeavor full-time and kind of do that, learn the lessons along the way from the previous venture, kind of how did you figure out what was that next venture or what you were going to do next as you're coming uh, out of school and uh, looking for your full-time endeavor?
0: Right. So as I mentioned, everything with me is a process. Um, So (laughs) there was not really a solid idea of what I wanted to do. Um, I just wanted to build a great company and I wanted to have the right fundamentals and uh, I wanted to stay ambitious. So with my current partner, who we're running at Remote More, we, we were talking about the, the agency and we were kind of friends of some time. And he was expressing opinion that he also wants to start a business. Um, and. Actually, before we started in twenty seventeen in October, he I was trying to convince him that to join me and and build a company. um he he said no twice, but on the third time I managed to convince him to to quit his job because I said, anyway, I'm gonna start uh, and you're welcome to join because I don't have no intentions of going to work for uh, corporates. Um, not in bad with it is just I'm the type of person who likes to have autonomy, to learn as mm. quick as possible. Because for me, startups have never been about money and entrepreneurship has never been about money. has always been associated with growth and skills and growing you as a personality. So I was focused more on that part, it's just build your skills, be a great person and eventually your product will be great as well. And your company will be great, but it still all starts with you, with your skills, with your knowledge, Uh, with your capabilities and I just don't think I'll be able to get the same learning curve in in, in corporations maybe there are some there but I just didn't believe it at the time and so in 2017 we started but we didn't really have any idea so the first step was actually to sit down two weeks explore ideas and look for businesses so there was no idea Uh, it was like we want to build a company and we want to do it for the right reasons but it was a two years journey to find the right idea so it was wasn't a a, a um, look i found this opportunity in the market and we're going to work on it no uh.
1: No, makes make sense. And so, and I think that's a lot of times you're saying, hey, we've got the right team members. We got the people we want to work with. Now let's figure out, you know, kind of what that business is and, and what that will look like and, and what we want to do going forward. So now you guys sit down, you brainstorm for a couple of weeks, kind of look at the different businesses and what right. was kind of the, the business plan or what did you guys settle on as far as the where you wanted to go?
0: Well, we just set up a, we generated 1,000 ideas we were literally brainstorming for two weeks ideas and then scoring them. Uh, and and then we'll pick up the ideas that we thought uh, are interesting to us based on our skills and, and our um, personal preferences. And at the time, um, mm. I was having a problem with the labor market in Denmark, meaning that I don't think it was, maybe still is not that very open to, people from abroad to get integrated in the labor market. So I was pretty pissed about it. So I said, you know, we don't have much experience. Um, let's just focus on an industry that we think is interesting for us. And all the time we'll find a great opportunity. And that was the labor market. And anything with HR, labor market, giving more opportunities to people sounded very, it still is very exciting for me. And we started at the beginning, we wanted to have a like the first idea we worked on was called skill achieve in, in 2017. Um so it was an idea that would quantify the skills of people. So the idea was that we would be able to have an objective score for everyone that you can showcase to your employers and people would know that look you have the skills. So in this way you would remove bias from the interviews it would be focused on, on skills and not really on soft parts, like where you're from, um, which also matters in some ways, but that was our aspiration, right. To remove bias in the labor market. Um, so maybe six, seven months, we didn't really, well, we did produce the initial MVP, but we are really struggling to get any customer feedback because I didn't have any network. So I, when I started building a company, I had 200 connections something, in which was mostly co-students from university. So, um, and yeah, we didn't get much traction. We felt it was, we felt like the only place where we could sell our software was in investment banks because whatever customer feedback we got, it was actually banking companies that expressed interest in working with us. But by meaning express interest, we got some positive traction either through outbound or some other form. And we felt like it was very hard to break through the banking sector because it's very conservative. So Mm. we somehow decided to move on with another idea. And when we're doing the skills, also the other thing is that most companies didn't really need the testing of skills. They needed more people. So in 2017, 2018, um, there was a really, really strong demand for people. And I said, look, we don't want to skills tested. We just want more CVs. We want more people. And so then we pivoted to an idea. The startup was called Job Disrupt. Um, and Job Disrupt was a um, kind of an AI algorithm because that's our background in data, anything data and algorithms. So it was um, like in 2018, there wasn't that much hype for AI as it is now. Um, but essentially an algorithm in its core is a, these are regression models, right? So we build a regression model that would read the CVs and then we'll match to the, to the job descriptions So job openings and, um, mm. and, um, that was the idea. So we, we, we tried to build an MVP where we'll get a data bank, uh, with CVs and we'll match them to job descriptions. And we will get money from matching or from placing cadence. It wasn't really certain how it would play out, so we started um, doing sales with this initial concept, and um, we we found that there was pretty um, strong demand for more Cvs. But uh, at the time, um, those companies also that we talked with in Denmark, they were saying us, we. You are from Bulgaria, we know they're great developers in Bulgaria. And um, why don't you just connect us with more developers in Bulgaria? We don't need them to be here in Denmark. We just want to work with them remotely. And it made sense for us. Um, actually, we found this idea quite attractive in 2018 because we we felt um that if we bring more job opportunities to people, regardless of their location, then we're doing great things. And um
1: mm.
0: and yeah, we, we did some experiments. Um, again, everything with that was done in a trial based approach. So we would see conversions and we kind of follow the statistics that we get in how we should move forward because we don't have that much industry inside So we had to learn as we go and develop our knowledge and skills. So um, by 2018, um, we found remote more um, in somewhere around the summer by founding, I mean, don't register a company, but like, this is the time when we started working on uh, business and, um, and yeah, um, we, the initial concept actually was connecting developers to companies in Denmark, but, um, Mm. Denmark turned out to be apart from those initial customers that we talked with Danish companies weren't really interested in working remotely. Um, but Nevertheless, companies from abroad, um, like meaning other markets, they were interested to do that. So we got some pretty nice traction in the very beginning. We had some nice metrics in terms of signups and um, like developer signups, um, really cool conversion rates and also company signups and initial traction was great. So, but but the problem is that by the time of 2018, the initial capital that we had, the 30,000, um, we were pretty much running out of it. So we had a few months and we needed to find new jobs, uh, obviously, because it wasn't working well financially. Uh, skill-wise, great. We learned a ton of the new things. Uh, I felt like every week was one step forward. You were improving and learning. So by 2018, we started looking for funding, any form of it, uh, so we could continue with remote more. And then after hundreds of of uh, um meetings uh emails just approaching with investors we got connected to Axel springer and porsche in berlin uh and um as i mentioned you know it, it's pretty large media company but it has a nice setup where they'll fund startups in europe and and um just get them um on the venture uh,
1: track and um yeah so by 2019 beginning of- so yeah so Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, maybe, and and just because we are starting to to get towards the end of the podcast, so I don't want to cut off your journey too much. So you get the, you get the, you figure out the concept, figure out the idea with the partner, you kind of hone in and you pivot and adjust a bit. You get some investor dollars, Um, you know, kind of uh, start to see that traction. Now catch right. us a little bit up to kind of where, where's that, you know, kind of where's it gone and where's it at today?
0: Right. So in 2019, we um, we went to the accelerator in, in, in Germany, and then um, by 2019 we released the initial software, like a real product that we released to the, the market. And since the release, it was great success actually. So we got initial traction from 2019 until last year. Uh, We've been growing 300% year over year, and it was uh, just initial traction was great. And then in 2021, as you mentioned, I moved to uh, Chicago because I was um, fundraising and the local investors expressed interest in in fundraising or like giving us more funds so we could continue the growth. And mm. just the last three years were great, and uh, we've been having um, great progress in terms of product and company development. Uh, now we are about 25,000 users and around 1,500 registered companies. So we're small company of 15 people um but um all remote and um uh, we're just seeing great uh, great uh, progress
1: awesome no that sounds like it's uh, been uh, continuing to grow steadily and continuing to get traction and uh, and uh, going in the right direction so that definitely sounds like a great place to be so now as we've kind of uh, caught up to the, the present day of your journey, it's a great time to jump or transition to the, the two questions I always asked at the end of each episode. So we'll, we'll jump to those now. Um, so the first question I always ask is along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what'd you learn from it?
0: I, I think the worst business decision I ever made was, is always, not always, but it was a strategy planning at the beginning of the company. Um, so, you know, so much of your foundational elements of your business are defining your future growth and future uh, of your business. You've got to get the strategy right. I don't think I got the right strategy in some components, specifically resource allocation and matching um, resources versus resource needed versus resource that can be acquired in order to fund the requirements of the business you know you got to do the right calculations of what you can do with the resources you have and in order to iterate the products since you're operating as a startup you got to do these iterations very quickly and you need to have the right structure to do it um so strategy mm. you know like i don't think i got the right strategy from the very beginning and so many things i managed to change but some things are still persistent and they require attention and they're very very hard to change so you've got to make the right strategic decisions at the very beginning of the company
1: no uh make it definitely makes sense and i think that that is so you know sometimes to figure out the right strategy and the direction and what to do. You don't always know when you're starting out. And I, I think even when you, after you've been doing it for a while, it's still one of those mistakes that you have to continue to pivot and adjust and learn via mistakes and, and continue forward. So great lesson to learn from. Second question that I now always ask is, if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you give them?
0: I mean, um, the advice would basically be uh, the opposite of the mistake that, I, you know, you, I did this. You know, you've you got to get the strategy right. Just be very honest with your skills and with your knowledge and the industry that you're very passionate about. And you've got to get it right. You've got to get all the components um, organized well. And it's okay if you have a few components that are not really fitting in well, but the major ones, you've got to get them right. And if you're not, don't move forward into execution too too early because you'll be stuck with something that's very hard to be changed later on. Um, And do the thinking part well. Um, I know doing a business plan could sound boring and outdated, but for some people, it could help in refining their thinking um, to figure out what they haven't thought through um and not really you know showing it to investors but for your own thinking purpose you know get the the, the, the thinking part right um before you invest money and 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 uh execute uh, as fast as possible
1: no i think that's a great uh, great takeaway and a great uh, piece of advice so Awesome. Well, um, so with that, now is uh, we are uh, wrapping towards uh, the end of the episode. If uh, people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above. What's sure. the best way to reach out to you? Contact you? Find out more?
0: Um, you can reach out to me on on um on email uh, at boris uh, dot uh, Krastev, That's spelled K R A S T. It's Ev at remotemore.com. Uh, you can just Google my name and you'll find me on LinkedIn as well where I'm most uh, active there. Um, and yeah, I'm happy to help in any way possible. Also founders that are looking for answers at the very beginning, I'm happy to share my piece uh, of advice, uh, share my experience. So I'm pretty uh, open-minded and helpful. So uh, don't 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 stress too much to reach out.
1: Perfect. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out, make a con- new connection, support a great business. If nothing else, make a new best friend. So yeah. Well, with that, thank you again, Boris, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now for all of your listeners that are out there, if you have your own journey to share and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. So just go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show couple more things as listeners. Make sure to click share, subscribe, and leave us a review. Helps us to reach even more startups and small businesses to help them along their journey to success. And last but not least, if you ever need help with your patents, your trademarks, or anything else with your startup, your small business, just go to strategymeeting.com. Grab some time with us to chat. We're always here to help. Thank you again, Boris. And wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last.